You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 167 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And we are back with you with a regular episode. There's yep. nothing, nothing grand about this. We're, we're back on that grind. Uh, we just finished up Horror Business. Or, no, not... What? Octoberama. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, we just finished up Octoberama. And boy, our arm, arm's tired. Yep. <laughs> Jacking off. Yep. Because <laughs> that's what happens during October <laughs> or something. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so this is uh, our return to form. Um, yeah, another October in the books. I uh, had some fun. It's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, uh, this is the day after Halloween. We're rec- recording this. Uh, so November first, and uh, you know, pretty uneventful. At least for me, you you actually went and did something, but just uneventful Halloween. Yeah, I, w- I went and sat in my buddy's backyard. He like pulled a TV out, and it was like six of us, and we sat socially distanced and watched a couple Halloween movies. Well, there you go. That's yeah. I mean, it's what I would have been doing at home, but it, I was out of the house. Yeah, yeah. I guess like saying that it was a boring Halloween. It's kind of always the case. Like Halloween is rarely the night that we do anything. It's true. Um, except it would have been this year. Yeah. That's also true. This would have been the perfect. I mean, this is just like 2020 laughing at our fucking faces. Halloween was on a Saturday during a full moon on daylight savings time or daylight savings time day. day. Eve. <laughs> So we would have gotten an extra hour to party. Yep. Not that, yeah, but we're all in our mid-30s. Nobody would actually <laughs> stay an extra hour. We're like, we got an extra hour. It's 1030. I'm going home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, instead I just stayed at home. Jerked and, off. And jerked off. <laughs> I listened to As, you, as you previously mentioned. <laughs> I listened to Octoberama and jerked off. You jerked off to your own voice? That's so weird. Well, you don't. <laughs> Um. Yeah, uh, it's funny. We have, I mean, we have all, a lot of our uh, lights and switches and stuff on on smart devices, mm-hmm. so I'll, they'll turn on and off on a timer, uh, including our porch light. And you know, all day I was telling myself, remember, after that light turns on, turn it off. And it must have been on for like an hour before I finally remembered to turn it off. And as I was walking to turn it off, I see kids starting to run up to our house. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> we turned it off. Like, when they're right at the end of our driveway. <laughs> and they still came up to the door. And we like, know you're in there. 
And uh, yeah, and it's like it's hard to hide now because you, I mean, you've seen our new door. It's got that window right at head level, so um, it, you can't really hide anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, they still came up and rang the doorbell, and you know, like New Year's Eve, Fourth of July, and um, Halloween are the fucking worst. Because our dogs lose their goddamn minds every time somebody knocks or rings the doorbell. Um, so, I mean, we don't get a lot of foot traffic for trick-or-treaters, even on a normal year. Um, so, I think last year, I don't think we did candy either. Oh, wow. I think we just left our lights off and um, avoided it. Because it's, it's not worth the trouble for you know a handful. It's not worth it to go out and buy candy and you can't just buy like a small little bag of candy got to buy this like 150 200 piece bag right um unless you just buy like a handful of candy bars yeah um and uh you know hope for somebody to come by and and take it but then you'd be big league in the neighborhood with your full-size candy bars right see how long that lasts once the crowds pick up better than backdoor in the neighborhood with your Fun size. This is all Letterkenny stuff. You do not remember this? Not off the top of my head, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like my dogs are losing their fucking minds and I'm just like avoiding it. Like I don't want to go talk to these children and tell them I don't have candy. So eventually my wife went and did it. So, you know, problem solved. Did she just like give them like, I don't know, string cheese or Quarters. something? <laughs> no. Um, but truth was is that we did have some candy, but that was for us. <laughs> Little suckers. <laughs> I w- like I went to the store and I Fuck bought them <laughs> kids. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I uh, went and got yeah just little bags of candy, specifically stuff that we like, so we could just have some some treats for Halloween. We weren't, sh- weren't planning to share. <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> uh, yep, yeah, we just did like kind of a movie marathon. I did uh, did uh, some some streaming. I've, I've I don't think I've mentioned that on the show before. I've started like doing some streaming of me drawing. Sounds very unexciting, <laughs> but like when you actually say it, it, sounds very uninteresting. But I've just been drawing and streaming it on Twitch and. Um, did that aside from that it was just a normal day yeah but. thursday night i went to a, a drive through haunt yeah wanted to go to that but it's just driving up to snohomish which for us is like over an hour away right. um on a work night that was an issue so but you said it was pretty fun yeah i mean it, it was definitely you know impacted by the uh the medium, mm-hmm. but uh, I think they they did the best they could given the circumstances. The, the sets were really cool. Nice, yeah. Stalker Farms, uh, which is the place you went, it's got a pretty good reputation in the area for mm-hmm. being kind of one of the premier of haunts. They usually do like a lot of different things too. Like they've got the haunt, and they got a corn maze, and they do uh, zombie paintball. Yeah, and they've got a uh, a pumpkin patch uh, earlier on in the season. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny, like, I've you've know, I've got so much friends, of, so many friends and family uh, down in, you know, the L.A. area. L.A. L.A. Uh, 
Uh, and you know, I mean, you you saw it firsthand last year. There's just like so much cool shit going on down there during the Halloween season. Um, and even though it was, you know, predominantly all shut down, it's like I've seen people like go through like drive-through haunts, like the haunted hayride over at the Griffith Observatory. Apparently, they were doing a drive-through version this year, which would have been cool. I mean, if if you can't do the, the regular walkthrough version, a drive-through version would have been, you know, second best. Um, and then there's something I, uh, a friend of mine posted on Instagram, just um, pictures of something that I didn't realize they did down there uh, in the Sleepy Hollow area, or like the Hudson Valley area in New York. Every year they do something called the Great Jack-O-Lantern Blaze. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever go to that? I never went to it, but I, I'm familiar with it. And uh, my dad and uh, brother and stepmom went to it, and I saw pictures of it. And it looks really cool. Yeah, it's like a big tunnel of pumpkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this huge walkthrough thing um, on this. Uh, I can't even remember what what the grounds are there. It's some historical park or something. Uh, but we went there on our honeymoon when we were kind of doing our East Coast tour. And it was pretty cool. But I saw that they were doing that down somewhere in the Ailey area. Um, very similar to what we saw in in New York. So, but, you know, here there's just not that much stuff going on Yeah, in, in the midst of the pandemic. Anyway, so we can only hope that uh, this is the last time we have to deal with this, maybe. We'll see. I heard on the news earlier this week, I think, or I guess last week at this point, um, they're saying that like even if we had a vaccine like right now, we'd still be looking at like a nine another nine to twelve months of mask wearing. Shit. I mean, as a as a society, yeah, because you know people people will get the vaccine, and just like any other vaccine, its efficacy is, you know, scaled mm-hmm. depending on the person. Um, and not everybody else, not everybody's going to get the vaccine. Right. Um, so I just hope for a turnaround here in the next few days. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping like, you know, we're in pretty good spirits right now. We've got an election here in two days and I'm, I'm by the time this comes out, the election will be over and we, we I, I don't know, we may be dead. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you guys live here. Not like downtown, not in like the thick of it, but close enough to where like things might get a little nuts. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we're technically part of Seattle, but like you said, we're not downtown. It's like any of the stuff that happens, like the riots and whatever protests and stuff, it never makes it out here. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. And it's not like it's going to affect my ability to go into work because I haven't been to work in seven months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, you mean from from where we are, you know, down south in the suburbs, uh, that's just stuff that we see on the news. Although, like I was just telling you and Cheese earlier, uh, my wife she works for a commercial property management, and they're boarding up their windows uh, in their buildings because they they just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we get some good news on Tuesday. Because this might be the last time you hear us happy for a while. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone out there is uh, is staying safe and wearing your masks and you know taking care of each other. 
Yeah, for sure. That's that's first and foremost is being being safe, um, being mindful of. I, I feel like people are easily easily losing sight of keeping safe. You know, I mean, it was a problem during the summer when everybody wanted to go out. And now I think as we get into holiday season, where it's time when people get together with friends and family, I think it's going to be an even bigger issue. Yep. Um, you know, right now it's like, you know, Thanksgiving, it's not a huge thing for my family, but we always get together for dinner. Um, and I think we're still planning to do that because we've all been kind of isolating in our respective homes. So we haven't had a lot of exposure. Um, but I mean, you know, we're inviting like my parents or my, my wife's family too. And so it's just like the bubble's getting bigger and right. makes me kind of uncomfortable, but I'm just kind of the odd man out with all that, I think. <sighs> anyway. People keep saying, you know, I'm I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the economy being closed and I'm tired of this virus. And it's like, well, sorry. Like you don't get to choose. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's not, especially in this state where you've got s- such a, large conservative you know right wing population in a democratic run state um people are just left and right accusing our governor of being the cause of all these businesses shutting down yeah which i mean like yeah he made the order sure but he's not the reason he's that- not doing it just to fuck with people like and it's it's he's not the he's not the reason this virus is running rampant, right? Like we were in the fact, we were the are. first place hit. Like, come on! It's like it's funny that these people are accusing mostly like Democrats. They seem to be like the target of all their ire. But it's like, in fact, the people that refuse to wear masks and they're they're like, you know, the people accusing the Democrats uh, for making them wear masks and socially distance. Those are the people actually making it worse. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of an of irony there, but um, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a billboard down on Elliott um, for Lauren Culp, the guy who's running against our governor, and it says, "Piece of shit." Under Jay Inslee, masks are forever. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> like, I, I would like want that taken down for like false advertising, or slander. <laughs> it's like, what are you basing that on? Idiot. Yeah. Why would anybody in their fucking right mind want you to wear a mask forever? Unless he just you know has stock <laughs> in the mask company. Right. <laughs> like Yeah, not not unlike uh you know, fearless leader Trump who's got stock in uh a medicinal company who happens to be working on uh or uh was it Hy- Hydra <laughs> hydrochloroquine or whatever yeah the drug that he swore up and down was gonna cure everyone yeah he has stock in the company that makes that yeah as well as the one that you know gave him the antibodies made from stem cells right which the the uh the pro-lifers like rationalizing that was oh yeah unbelievable just talking in circles (laughs) i couldn't believe what i'll see actually i could and that's the sad part. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, we do have two uh, pretty big announcements. Assuming the the world is still here when this airs, <laughs> uh, first of all, Great Plot Film Fest Part Three. We've talked about it ad nauseum. 
But tickets are now on sale. As we mentioned before, it is going to be online this year. So wherever you are, you can watch on February 6th, 2021. Uh, you can head to greatplotfilmfest.com and get your tickets. And if you're a Patreon patron, you can get in for free. Yeah. Do we have all those semantics worked out? For what? Like as far as ticketing and all that? Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure because I felt like last time we talked about it, it was still kind of up in the air a little bit. It was. And then I just kind of took charge. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, greatplotfilmfest.com. Hit, uh, hit that buy tickets button. It'll take you to another site and you, you get tickets. And then the day of you just go and it gives you a code. You sign in and then you watch the, 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 the gimmick. Yeah. I'm not, I, don't, I don't think we've quite decided how we're going to present that yet. If we're yeah. going to do it like on demand. Or if we're going to have like just a, a live streaming thing. Yeah. But. All we know is there's going to be, I mean, we're going to try and do it as close as possible to the real thing. So you'll see us at the beginning, you know, we'll do a little banter or whatever. And then we'll have an intermission in the middle where you'll see us again. We'll pop up and be like, hey, everybody remember us? <laughs> and uh, Thanks for coming. And then we'll, we'll have the awards at the end. Yep. Uh. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's not going to be in person, so we'll be losing that aspect, but we're going to try and keep it. And we, we always try to give, you know, a, a, a put on a good show, you know, make it fun um, without being, you know, stupid. <laughs> so it's like last year, was last year we got accused of not being lively enough. It was this year. Or like, yeah, this past show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like that's just not us, right? Also, I was sick. I've said it before, <laughs> right? But I mean, we'll we'll try and make it entertaining for you, and you know, maybe maybe throw in some some little surprises here and there. We're not really sure yet. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, we're gonna, we're going to try and do it, you know, as close to possible as the real thing, just through your screen. But it, it is nice that you know, like our we have fans in Wisconsin and and other places that wouldn't normally be able to come, and this way they'll they'll be able to to join us. Yeah, worldwide, wide, wide, wide. Um, yeah. And our other announcement, uh, yesterday, a little movie came out on DVD, Blu-ray, and VOD. It's called They Reach. Just a little, little something, something that we worked on. You, uh, If you watch it, you may see some familiar faces. Or for those of you that don't know what we look like, you might hear some familiar voices. <laughs> Yes, uh, the Silas Dahl directed film that we starred in. Well, you had more of a starring role than I did, but um, that we appeared in uh, is yeah coming out finally. Like what, two, three years? Three years. I, I looked on IMDb. It says uh, filming dates November two thousand seventeen. Okay, so yeah, we've so oh, like almost exactly three years. I think uh, for my first day on set was in January. So you guys were filming for th- they were filming for three months before I even got it on on set. And then they were filming, what, until like almost summer? Oh, and I, I couldn't cut my hair because we might do reshoots. Right. Actually, they they came and shot in my backyard. It was like the end of summer. So they, they filmed for like almost a year. Yeah. Christ. Anyway, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, coming out VOD, DVD, Blu-ray, uh, I don't think we know out, the the VOD details, but I know that the DVD and Blu-ray are available on Amazon. I believe the hope is to have it on 
uh, Amazon for VOD as well. I don't know if it's going to be on any other platforms. Like I said, we're recording from the past here, so we're we're, we're dealing with what little information we have. Yeah. But um, you know, you can always check out theyreach.com and get get the details. Yeah, um, they reach a fan page on Facebook as well. Um, we actually did a kind of a virtual sit down with Silas uh, earlier last week. Um, should be up there somewhere. Um, it's fun. We just kind of shot the shit about making the movie for an hour or so. Mm-hmm. And if you get the Blu-ray, there is a making of documentary as well as uh, feature commentary from yours truly. Right. And some kids. I don't know who they are. <laughs> the trio. <laughs> um, yeah. Exciting stuff. I just know when I got the script, I was like, bullshit, bullshit, my line. <laughs> bullshit, bullshit, my line. <laughs> okay. So um, before we get into the show proper, I want to thank uh, our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks help fund this sideshow that we run here. Uh, it's not an expensive show we run, but it uh, it does cost money. We have to pay for our website and for hosting our MP3s and and such. And um, you know we're poor. Help me, I'm poor. <laughs> we are but uh, lowly poor podcasters, and we don't make money. Um, so these folks definitely help us out, and it goes a long way. Um, they are Ke- uh, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent. Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much for all of your help, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, just keep on, uh, keep on giving us money. Keep on trucking. <laughs> Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Just as little as one dollar makes you a grave digger, and you get exclusive content like free tickets to the film fest. And you know the, like Tony said, it's not an expensive show, so any money that we make over the costs, we just put it in a bank account and we put it towards things like the film fest or you know giveaways throughout the year or other fun things for our Patreon patrons. It's not lying in our pockets. It's not uh, going into slot machines or anything like that. It's going into making quality content. And well, kind of. <laughs> The, I mean the 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 production is is quality at this point. I Th- think. Thank you. <laughs> the the content itself, on the other hand, we are consummate professionals. <laughs> Did I mention we're consummate professionals? You know, I was listening to our first episode because I I was think I was telling you that uh, the the hard drive from my old laptop that I thought had just fucking crashed. And nothing like, or like, there was no way for me to access those files anymore. I actually hooked it up as an external drive on my new laptop and kind of did some finagling and actually got it to spin up. So I have access to all those old files again. So I was listening to our very first episode and it is cringe as fuck. Like quality and content? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I can only fucking imagine. Oh, I, man. I think you haven't listened to the episode in a long time. No. Why would I? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking terrible. Like, it's 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 really it's really nothing compared to what we do now. I mean, we are not, like, the best podcasters by far. <laughs> I mean, our, our audience numbers show that. But, 
Um, compared to where we were then, I think we've improved by leaps and bounds because we sounded ridiculous back then. I mean, I can, I can tell you from what I know of, of recording the first episode, we thought we were giving people the news, first of all. Right. <laughs> Even though like the episode came out three days after we recorded it. Right. So it didn't make sense why we, we wouldn't be breaking news. Um, and and we had no limits on horror business. Mm-hmm. We were just like, we we're going to talk about as many things as we can. Yeah, it's like, well, this all happened in the last two weeks. We have to talk about all of it. And we didn't really talk about it. It wasn't like, here's what I think about that. It's like, oh, this happened. That's great. Next story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then was- we have 37 pieces of horror business to get through. <laughs> yeah, I think when we restructured our news section to be horror business as it is now, um, I don't think, actually, did we even put a limit on it at that point? No. Yeah, it was a little further down the line when, yeah. we, when we actually said, okay, this is how many stories we're doing. Um, but we did say, you know, we need to stop trying to report the news and more just talk about it. Yeah. Because that, us us being news reporters does not work. It sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, especially when it's all old news by that point. Right. I mean, we still sound stupid, but for different reasons. <laughs> um, but anyway... Uh, 100, actually, I was looking at, uh, our, uh, where we host all of our, um, episodes and, gosh, shit. I, damn it. This, this might be our 200th episode. That's not counting drunken cinemas. It is counting drunken cinemas. This is our 200th recording. Or it might be 201st. I don't recall. Because I saw 199, and I can't remember if that was before I uploaded the last um, uh, Octoberama or if it's or if it was after. Where does it say? I don't remember where I saw it. Regardless, oh, we're no. here. We this is 215. What? <laughs> what the fuck was I looking at? Well, we've done 14 Octoberamas. Or uh, drunken cinemas, so that would be two hundred. Oh, so maybe I was this just would be two hundred one. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Well, then we. So not counting drunken cinemas, but counting October Ramas, this is episode two hundred one. Well, there we go. Wild, <laughs> weird, wild stuff. So our Halloween episode was two hundred, and we didn't even talk about that. You're fucking idiots. <laughs> that was special. It it actually was a special for once. <laughs> God damn it! And we did nothing. Let's go back and re-record. We didn't even force our friends to leave us voicemails again. <laughs> Man, that was low. <laughs> that was a low point. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so um should we get on with the show? Let's do that. Horror business. So living in the world we do, where there are people that, you know, we, we call them Karens, lovingly. <laughs> lovingly? <laughs> that was sarcasm, Taylor. Um, they uh, love my, to... Uh, my, my, my grandmother's name is Karen, and she made like the not all Karens post on Facebook. And I was like, Grandma, don't be that Karen. And it was just like, okay, Karen. <laughs> um, but yeah, every year around, around Halloween time... There is some person, some out Karen, there. some fucking Karen, or what was a uh, Ken? Is that is that the male? 
Is that the agreed upon male version of a Karen? I thought it was Kevin. Is it Kevin? It doesn't matter. Ken or Kevin, whoever he may be. It's not uh, Chad. That's a different kind of person. Right. Uh, they see something that they find uh, personally offensive and decide they want to make the rest of the world miserable. Sometimes uh, it's just black people. Right. Just existing. <laughs> well, here's that story of the year. Uh, over in Dallas or Dallas area, uh, artist Stephen Novak uh, gave his neighbors a horrifying glimpse into this delightfully twisted creative mind with bloody depiction of death inside his quiet suburban front yard. Oh, yep. Okay, I saw a picture of this. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Oh, I got I got links there. So if you click the link, it'll take you to the photos. Like each each photos, photos. I heard photos, which was weird. Hodor, Hodor. Um, yeah. How do I make this work? There we go. Anyway, uh, yeah. So basically, this guy he put a body on his roof. A fake body. Fake body. We assume. Uh, with uh, appears to be a machete through its head, uh, sitting on the roof, which was weird, but wait, you know, whatever. There's another body uh, falling off the, the patio of his home uh, with its head splattered by a large safe. Uh, there was another man or another body laying at the end of his drive or end of his walkway by the curb, uh, sprawled out with a chainsaw on its back. Then there was a wheelbarrow full of body parts and a body wrapped up in trash bags, mob style. I mean, these are not conventional Halloween decorations, I think. This is more just uh, grotesque and macabre. I don't have a problem with it. Sure. Most de- Most Halloween decorations, sure. They depict like Horrific scenes with like monsters and things like that. This is just a straight up murder scene. Yeah. <clears throat> but entertaining nonetheless. But, you know, this is uh, deep in the heart of Texas. I guess we should have done that first. Yeah, that's how it usually goes. It's a song. <laughs> um, uh, he said, I've always been up to hijinks like flying ghosts or seven foot tall snow sculptures of myself. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> so if I was going to do Halloween, it was obvious that it should be hyper real. Uh, he told this to the Dal- Dallas Observer. No lights, fog machine or camp. Something that would really freak people out walking by in the dark. And that's the thing about it is it didn't have gimmicks. There weren't lights. There weren't, like you said, it wasn't fog. There wasn't loud music. It's just... Fucking dead bodies. Yeah. Like, very nondescript. And he says 20 gallons of blood. It was a lot of blood. <laughs> I hope his patio and walkway were sealed, because that shit's not coming. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, he said, okay, so, he, yeah, one, si- one scene depicted his life-size diorama resembles a Warner Brothers cartoon gag, which the the, 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 the safe. Safe, yeah, crushing person's head. <laughs> I mean, it did say Acme on the sides. Did it? No, I don't think so. Oh, well, that would have been better. Uh, he says, I'm most proud of the wheelbarrow tipped over by the street full of hefty bags, looking like a failed attempt to dispose of dismembered bodies in the middle of the night. 
Neighbors told me uh, cop cars were found in front of my house a lot during the day. <laughs> uh, I was only home twice to receive them. They told me they thought it was cool, and they were only there because they were required to reply to complaints from the sergeant. Which means fucking Karen strikes again. Uh, they were in formation at the door, and when I opened it, they asked me if, I was, if, if it was all mine. I asked, you mean the blood and the bodies? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Novak says he finished the... Or his fi- the finished product is mild compared to his original ideas. He says, honestly, though, I think I could have used more. He says, my plans were way worse on paper. Next year, though. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what he has. Um, yeah, I'm sure if you like Google this, it'll be easy enough to find. Because I think I found it on like Reddit originally. Oh yeah, um, but it's 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 quite a sight to behold. It's it's very like aside from the guy on the roof, which seems out of place, everything looks very real. Yeah, very authentic. Um, especially the the um, the head crushed by the safe because it looked like he must have like gotten on his roof and like dropped a water balloon full of blood or something because <laughs> that spatter is like perfect. Um, or maybe just drop the safe safe on a bag of blood or something but anyway fun stuff halloween hell of a time it's important to have fun with it even when you can't you know do stuff yep <laughs> like putting bodies in your yard We've talked multiple times about the new Evil Dead film. Yes. Uh, it's not Evil Dead 4, per se. It's it's Evil Dead Rise. It's like a new new film in the Evil Dead universe. Uh, Bruce Campbell offered us some updates recently. Yeah, because up to this point, we haven't heard much about it. Yeah, we know that it's going to take place in like an urban setting, in like a high-rise or a skyscraper. Yeah. Um, and we know that it's being directed by... Uh, Lee Cronin, who directed The Hole in the Ground. Right. That movie is about a woman who finds a hole in the ground. Yep. And then she wonders, like, where'd this hole in the ground come from? And her kid goes in the hole in the ground. Yeah, and she's like, what is in that hole in the ground? Her kid. And and other stuff. But Bruce Campbell says, uh, what we're doing now is we're saying, look, this is another Evil Dead movie, and that book gets around. A lot of people run into it, and it's another story. The main key with Evil Dead is they're just regular people who are battling what seems to be a very unstoppable evil, and so that's where the horror comes from. So it sounds like they've kind of decided now that Evil Dead is going to be an anthology. <laughs> like it's an like, expanded universe at this point. It's no, it's no longer just Ash and his misadventures. Yeah. I mean, I think the story itself, I mean, the, 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 the backstory being um, you know, with, with the Necronomicon and, and, and the Deadites and all that, it's easy enough to, yeah, make it kind of uh, anthological, um, but maintain a constant string. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to revolve around Ash as a character. It's make... 
the Necronomicon the focal point rather than Ash. Right. That clearly wasn't their intention originally. No. But um, I don't even know if there was their intention after the reboot. Because as far as I know, they wanted to make like another Mia movie. But I don't know why they didn't. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know. Like everybody was, was seemingly on board. Um, anyways, Campbell says it's not someone who's skilled. They're not fighting a soldier. They're not fighting a scientist. They're not fighting anybody more than your average neighbor. This one is going to be a similar thing. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what Ash was, at least at the beginning. Yeah, he turned into just like a super badass, but that was just from experience. Right. And also, I mean, like, an army of darkness, which whether or not that's canon at this point, I've lost track. But uh, in like army of darkness, he's like this like engineering wizard, and like he knows how to make like gunpowder. Like he has like textbooks and a in mechanical his. hand, <laughs> which he makes like on his own. Because what the fuck do these you know medieval screwheads uh, know about? mechanics you know um or you know mechanical things um yeah he just had like this engineering textbook in his trunk and it was like why does he have that yeah engineer- that was never part of his character before. engineering textbook uh a um uh chemistry textbook which just has the formula for gunpowder in it it's like okay well there you go <laughs> Uh, Bruce continues, we're going to have a heroine, a woman in charge, and she's going to try and save her family. So once again, it's going to be a female lead. She just wants her kids. Back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when he says save her family, he doesn't really say if it's like, you know, like kids and, and a husband or if it's like her mom and dad or what exactly he means by family. But yeah, uh, he says we're honing in, circling the building now, trying to lock in a partner. We have a couple of bidders. And we're trying to find the correct suitor, and we have a script written and a director picked, and it's got a very good modern tale. It's a modern-day urban Evil Dead, and we're hoping to do that next year. I'm really curious what direction they're going to go with this, because, you know, what you, you have the original canon with Ash, and the direction that went became very comedic. But then you had the remake... Which wasn't at all. It was more like a, a less hokey version of the original Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of wonder what direction they're going to go with that because it's, I think it's a very careful balance. Um, and, you know, a lot of people didn't like the remake because it, it wasn't about Ash. And, you know, it, it was very dark and sinister, um, like I think what they wanted the original Evil Dead to be. Um but then, you know, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and Ash vs. Evil Dead, all very comedic. And that's kind of what made this made the franchise what it is now. Yeah. So I think they got to be very delicate in which, which direction they decide to go with it. I agree. Uh, side note, have you seen Bruce's mustache? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's so grand. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him with a mustache since he was in... Uh, Hercules and Xena. Uh, it's, it's glorious. <laughs> and it's all gray. Yep. <laughs> he looks like a grandpa man. Especially in the picture I like the picture I saw was the one of him voting and he's wearing like a newsie and like a polo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> there were, the video I saw 
was on his Twitter where he's wishing people a happy Halloween. And he used like this, I don't know, filter of, of some sort where it, I don't know if it was like based on gestures, like facial gestures or sound, but basically it, it's like a camera trick where they turn you in, it turns you into a werewolf. Um, and he was like, I just want to wish you guys a happy Halloween. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the <laughs> thing right there. Uh, and it's just kind of funny. And then, then you see like a, a, a talking werewolf with Bruce's voice, <laughs> which would be a great idea for a movie. Oh yeah, for sure. I'd watch shit on that. I'd watch it so many times, even if it was bad. I'd, watch, <laughs> I'd just watch it and watch it. Anyway. So Evil Dead Rise, uh, hopefully filming next year, which means we'll probably get it in 2022. Fingers crossed. So, uh, <clears throat> Stephen King, well known for being this amazing author, uh, writing classic after classic, even about spooky lamps. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there was a point in the '80s where his films, where his, his stories were getting made into films, you know, left and right, much like now, um, and he decided he wanted to step into the or sit in the director's chair himself. Uh that that old gem known as Maximum Overdrive was the low point of his film career, I think. And the only time he's ever directed. Uh it was just uh a completely mishandled and terrible movie starring Emilio Estevez. Um and uh you know, it, it was it was right when when Stephen King was doing all of his you know best drinking and and you know all all the blow because like cocaine. <laughs> um, so what what was produced from that was just this fucking incoherent mess. But the story itself, like in its core, was not bad and it actually had some you know some good bones to it. Well, <clears throat> Joe Hill, his son. It said that he wants to remake the movie. Um, and I don't think that he's directed before. So this would also be his first foray into directing. Um, you know, like father, like son. Um, he said, I would only want to jump into directing if I had a chance to do the reboot of Maximum Overdrive. Uh, this was on Mick Garris's uh, post-mortem podcast. Uh Let's see. Uh, if someone offered me the chance to write and direct a relaunch of Maximum Overdrive, I'd jump on that in a second. It's like I gotta make up for my dad fucked it all. <laughs> uh, the time is right, okay? So basically, they're all self-driving vehicles. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so basically, they're all self-driving vehicles, so it's no longer a comet that sets them off. Uh, okay, I see what they're doing. Um. It's a virus in the electronics that sets them off. So, you know, kind of like what they did with Child's Play. They kind of took the magic out of it and made it more science-driven, which would hopefully result in a better film than fucking Child's Play. Um, 
See, uh, and so you've got these giant Tesla uh, semi, giant Tesla semi trucks, semi trucks. I'm pronouncing words weird, and it's making me crazy. Um, <clears throat> well, then just stop it. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just knock it off. Uh, okay. So you've got these giant Tesla semi trucks, you know, wiping everyone out. I think it could be great. Uh, so yeah, eighty six Maximum Overdrive is notable for being the only Stephen King movie and the only movie period that Stephen King himself ever directed. It was also written by King and based on his short story trucks. So um, I I'd get behind this. I mean, I don't know, I don't know where Joe Hill's directorial skills lie i mean i mean he's obviously never done it before um but at least i mean well no i guess only one of his stories has actually been adapted no no no, several because there's horns lock and key nos 4a2 yeah which was apparently not very good um Blumhouse is making the black phone, which is one of his stories with mm-hmm. Scott Derrickson directing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, he has no experience directing, but you know he's been around enough film sets at this point, I'm sure, um, and I think he could probably, as long as he's not drinking and doing blow, I mean, he could probably figure it out. <laughs> It seems like the the general story is there, and he, I mean he's got it adapted for for modern times, you know, probably cell phones and and whatnot. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what do you think? Could be cool. Thank you. Thank I mean, you, Taylor, <laughs> it it makes sense. You know, like we do have these self driving vehicles now, so if they just kind of uh, you know go off on their own. The, yeah, the story's right there. It's it's almost stupid not to make it. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be a story that works without having to change the original too much. Right. But. As long as you got the big elf head thing on the front of the truck. The hobgoblin. The hobgoblin. Yeah, that's all you really need. <laughs> um, yeah, and just don't let Blumhouse get anywhere near it. Of course, they probably will. Of course, they will. Did you see my... the only studio that makes... Horror movies anymore. Feels uh, like uh, uh, remakes, especially. Did you see my uh, my little rant about? I saw well, a little actually. bit of it. I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, just TLDR. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically, what I said, I compared Blumhouse to Taco Bell. Um, whereas you know, like think of a, think of a world before Taco Bell existed, and you know places like Taco Bell. Whereas, like, if you wanted some quality Mer- Mexican food, it was out there. You know, they there was handmade. You know. Uh, oftentimes like a like a family business it's all handmade stuff hand handmade tortillas you know ingredients were made either to order or on a daily basis you know really bold rich flavors and you know it was authentic and, and delicious and if if you wanted good stuff sometimes you had to go out of your way to find it um but it you know just made it more worth your while to do so uh but then taco bell came around and you know they brought mexican looking food <laughs> to to the masses and you know it was it was widely available it's like if you wanted a taco or a burrito uh in, in a pinch you know you, you could you could go there 
and it was fine. It wasn't particularly good, but it did. It was cheap, and it was is you know quick. You got it fast, and it, it kind of did the trick for for a short while until you had to go take a shit later. Um, but it was never as good as that you know actual Mexican food. Now just take uh, Mexican food and replace it with horror, <laughs> and take Taco Bell and replace it with Blumhouse, and and that's that's where we are. Basically, Blumhouse just makes this. And I also said sometimes you get this little gem on the menu. You know, you get your double deckers, your crunch wraps, your Mexi nuggets, little things that kind of make make it a little more interesting and actually a, a, a semi decent product. But usually, it's just the same shit in a different wrapper. <laughs> and so that that's like Blumhouse. I mean, they just make this stuff that looks like horror and maybe even has a horror vibe to it, and sometimes you get a good movie out of it. But all in all, it's just recycled bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, for the most part, their business model is to just make the most uh, easily digestible horror. Yes. And it's, it's horror for the masses. It's not horror for horror fans. It's horror for everyone else because... There's more knots than there are yeah. uh, actual horror fans. So it's, you know, it, it makes more sense for them to, as far as making money, to just make horror movies that, you know, people can go watch on a date. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's like back to my Mexican food comparison. Mexican food, or Taco Bell took Mexican food and made it consumable. You know, it's like they, you know, there were people that liked, like real Mexican food, and you know, it still exists, but it's it's rare. You know, it's rare to find a good one anywhere. Um, and you know, it was made for people who really liked that that rich, you know, Hispanic. Is that the right term? Latin Latin's not right because it's not Latin America. I think just Mexican. Well, okay, <laughs> there's Mexican flavors. Um, and then, you know, Taco Bell came around and made Mexican food for white people. <laughs> and that's, that's what Blumhouse does so effectively. They make horror movies for people that don't like horror. So yeah. anyway, that's enough of, of, of my, my rant today. We can move on now. <laughs> So they just recently announced a sequel to the animated uh, Adams Family movie, which I heard was not good. Did you ever see it? The one that just came out? Yeah. It was really good. Oh. I, <laughs> Who the fuck said it wasn't good? I want names. Max. Max? Fuck Max. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, no, it was really good. I, mean, like, I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time on this, but it was really good because it combined, it, it, it really effectively combined the original comic strip, the old TV show, and the the '90s movies really well. It just it, like it wove them together in a really really creative way, and it was it was funny. The cast was great, the story was good. So I don't know what the fuck Max is talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're looking to make a new live action TV show based on Adam's Family, 
uh, from one Mr. Timothy Burton. Heard of him? <laughs> Once or twice, yeah. Yeah, it was just October, so everyone's heard of him right? by now. Uh, he made a little movie called Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not that, a Halloween that, movie. That, shut the fuck up. Nobody fucking cares, Tony. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, everyone talks about it every uh, every Halloween season. Uh, sources tell Deadline that Burton is negotiating to executive produce and possibly direct all episodes of this new take on the franchise, which, I mean, it fits his style. Yeah, you know, a lot of people incorrectly think that he actually directed the the 90s movies with Raul Julia and Angelica Houston. He didn't. No. Barry, Barry Sonnenfeld directed those. But um, it definitely had his style, and I, I think I saw somewhere that he was actually approached to direct it, but uh, he didn't make it because he was going to make like Edward Scissorhands or something. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, Alfred Goff and Miles Miller from Smallville have already been set as writers. I, I assume they're writers for Smallville. Uh, they've been set as writers and showrunners for the for the project, which is set up at MGM TV. Uh, it's currently looking for a home, and the word about town is that the front runner currently is Netflix. That tracks. Uh, Deadline says, as of now, the package has multiple buyers bidding for it, including Netflix, which sources say is at the top of the list of landing the project. Uh, They also say this particular bit hasn't been confirmed, but the series would take place in the present day and primarily center on Wednesday Adams and her cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) See, the the animated movie from last year... uh focused very heavily on on Wednesday. Wednesday was almost the primary focus. I mean, the rest of the family family was there obviously and they had their own storylines, but it seemed like a good amount of the screen time was focused on Wednesday and what she was doing. Um but Yeah, I mean, I you know, that that original 90s cast like I'm, I'm very precious about them. Like Raul Julia and Angelica Houston. Like I couldn't fathom a better Gomez and Morticia. Yeah. Like I don't think it gets better than that. Um. Oh fuck. <laughs> you all right there, bud? I had the sneezes. That is it like eight more of those, and you have an orgasm or something. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, no, it, it was fun. It, um, the, the animated movie, I mean, you had, uh, Charlize Theron playing Morticia and Oscar Isaac playing Gomez. Um, Chloe Grace Moritz is uh, Wednesday. Right. I was trying to remember who it was. Nick Kroll uh, is Fester. Yeah. He, he did a really funny Fester. He was basically coach Steve. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so casting new live action actors, like, I'm like, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Cause I mean, they did, um, uh, a, after Raul Julia died, they did a TV movie with Tim Curry as Gomez and Daryl Hannah as Morticia. I can't remember the rest of the cast, but, um. You know, those are two quality actors, and it's like a lot of people like that movie, but it, it pales in comparison to the original. So, casting new live action actors to play the Adams, Adamses, um, 
delicate process. Yeah. And Netflix, yeah, I mean, that seems like an appropriate place. I think, it, I don't know how, how closely you've been following things as far as like where places are going as far as streaming services, but Apple TV is making place for things lately. And it's, I mean, it's pissing people off because a lot of people don't have Apple TV. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I kind of wonder if they're in the game there somewhere. I wouldn't put it past them. But anyway, Adams is. Speaking of Apple TV, how about that transition, Taylor? You didn't even do that on purpose. Par- partially on purpose. It wasn't. It was sort of on You're purpose. You're uh, So, you know, we've, we've, we've had Universal trying to make the Dark Universe happen, even though they claim they're not. Um, part of that was talking about, instead of doing a Frankenstein movie, doing a Bride of Frankenstein movie. And I think the world collectively groaned. I did. I groaned. I groaned so much. Um, but it sounds like Apple TV and A24, so not universal, at least from what I No, not tell. universal. No. <clears throat> um, they are working together with Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know her. <laughs> you mean Scarlett Jost? I don't get it. They got hitched. Who? Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. I don't know who that is. He's the guy that hosts Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. I don't watch that. Well, a lot of people do. I don't. He, he's the white guy from Weekend Update. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> I don't know that bitch though. Oh well, he's. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Okay. He hasn't been in anything else that I can tell you about. Get so. off my dick. Okay. Um. Anyway, well, now he's married to Scarlett Johansson. Well, good for him. It is good for him. But you know what? Ryan Reynolds was married to her first, and he's better. He's a better man. That's probably true. <laughs> um, let's see. Anyway, so yeah, she is going to star and produce the sci-fi movie, Bride of Frankenstein. Or is it just called Bride? It's just called Bride. It's, it, there's no Frankenstein for legal reasons. <laughs> but isn't Frankenstein... Like, I don't think anybody owns the rights to Frankenstein, like film rights specifically. But do they own the rights to Bride of Frankenstein? Mm, maybe. Yeah, actually, you know what? You're probably right. Um, anyway, Bride is a story of a woman created to be the ideal wife, the singular obsession of a brilliant entrepreneur. Uh, when she rejects her creator, she's forced to flee her confined existence, confronting a world that sees her as a monster. While on the run, she sees her. She finds her true identity, her surprising power, and the strength to remake herself as her own creation. So, it sounds to me like what they're doing is making Frankenstein with a woman as the monster. Yeah, it's not the, necessarily the story of the Bride of Frankenstein. It is the story of Frankenstein's monster. As a woman. Yeah. Don't 
fucking blow smoke up my skirt. Um, let's see. Lost my place. Uh, Sebastian Lilo uh, is directing. Uh, you know him from Fantastic Woman and Gloria. Gloria. I don't know what that is. It's, it's nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just me being goofy. Uh, Lauren Shuker Blum and Rebecca Angelo are scripting with Lilo or Lelio. I don't know. Uh, Scarlett Johansson told T, uh, the Hollywood Reporter, uh, it's long overdue for Bride to step out of the shadow and her male counterpart. Of and, her male counterpart. Oh, step out of the shadow of her male counterpart, counterpart and stand alone. It's funny that she says that because, like I said before, they're basically just using the Frankenstein story. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, if we were saying for legal purposes, it's not Frankenstein, even if that is public domain or whatever. But uh, she says, you know, to step out of the shadow of her male counterpart, but nothing in the synopsis says anything about a male counterpart. Right. <laughs> and it sounds to me, well, yeah, it's, it doesn't even sound like the story of Bride of Frankenstein. Like, it sounds like the creator, whether it be Frankenstein or not, <clears throat> It made the made her for him, rather as a companion for his monster. Yeah. So again, this is just the original story of Frankenstein with a woman as the monster. It's not the Bride of Frankenstein. Don't fucking bullshit me. <laughs> um, working alongside Rebecca Angelo and Lauren Shuker Bloom. Sebastian and I are extremely excited to emancipate this classic anti-heroine and reanimate her story to reflect the change we see today. She's acting like the Bride of Frankenstein had like a prominent role. She didn't. Yeah. In the story or the movies. Well, I think that's what they want to change. They want to make her a prominent role. So they're just... But again, they're not doing that story. <laughs> they're doing Frankenstein with a woman. <laughs> I've read Frankenstein. Not like just any woman. Scarlet. <laughs> but it's like I've read Frankenstein like half a dozen times. I know that story when I see it. <laughs> anyway. So that's it. Apple TV making plays, like I said before. A24, though. I mean, the fact that Universal and Blumhouse are involved with this makes me think it has potential because A24 has made quite a few good films. But we'll see. We're doing a sequel. We're back by popular demand. Come on, everybody, strike up the band. We're doing a sequel. That's what we do in Hollywood. And everybody knows that the sequel's never quite as good. Speaking of A24... Did you see Tom Holland said elevated horror is pretentious bullshit? <laughs> like Fright Night Tom Holland? Yes. <laughs> Not Spider-Man Tom Holland. Good for him. Good for him. <clears throat> so, uh, Queen of the Slashers. Uh, what's her Twitter handle? Something horror queen or something like that. Uh, Danielle Harris. Some fucking name. Is, is returning to the genre. But this time she's going to be in the director's chair. Uh, she's directed a couple of films, but this is going to be her first horror movie. Like I Halloween said, Gal. Halloween Gal. 
not as uh, not as pretentious as I thought. Um, but she, this is going to be her first, like I said, her first horror and her first slasher, coming from Joe Dante's production company, Renfield Productions. It's called Sequel, and it's being dubbed as a darkly comedic horror. Uh, the plot tales. Plot details remain under wraps. The title suggests a satirical shredding of the horror industry's final girl trope. The official press release sent out teases. Uh, written by notable British scribe James Moran, who wrote some Doctor Who and Torchwood and Severance. Sounds like the good area of, era of Doctor Who. So, A sequel promises to be a brash, unashamed spectacle led by an all-star cast of take-no-prisoner heroines and presented by a high-caliber lineup of filmmakers. There's currently no date set for production, but Renfield anticipates that cameras will roll by the second or third quarter of 2021. It's interesting that they uh, announced that it will be led by an all-star cast, seemingly before ever casting anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're just, you know, like, it's one of those things like uh, where you speak it into existence, you know. The secret. The secret, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) They've got a, a, a board. Vision board. Vision board of all the, all the faces they want. And they just secrete all over it. <laughs> right. Uh, it's being described as Charlie's Angels meets Scream. Hmm. Uh, Daniel Harris said, I knew as soon as I finished reading the first act that sequel was the perfect fit for me. I could finally bring all of my experiences in the horror genre behind the camera and into these exceptionally written final girl characters. I've been on the hunt for a story that had strong female leads and was intelligent and darkly comedic. I just didn't want to do anything paranormal since we have enough real life evil without having to go make shit up. <laughs> if I'm going to spend the next two years of my life on a film, it has to be fun. And this story has it all with Joe Dante and Mark Allen by my side. We're going to kill it. You know, I, I really like Joe Dante. Uh, he hasn't done much work in, in you know, in recent years he did, um, burying the x and that was pretty good but aside aside from like directing he hasn't done a lot in the last couple decades i think but i've always liked him as a director um and i wish he would work more uh so that gives me hope i feel like this final girl thing is getting a little crowded like exploiting the idea of the final girl like like this meta thing yeah, I mean this the description just I can't help but think of the movie Final Girls. Yeah. <clears throat> and actually in one of the movies we're going to be talking about today, there's there's a little bit of like kind of a meta exploration of Final Girls there too. Yeah. Um and Yeah, I don't know. Like the whole idea of a Final Girl which was first presented, I think in um uh <laughs> Behind the mask, oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and since then has kind of grown in popularity, and you know, a lot of these. I keep using the word meta, and I fucking hate using that word. <laughs> but you know, you had a movie like like Final Girls, and you had all these uh, like Cabin in the Woods, you know, talking about the the kind of the virginal final girl, different versions of kind of looking inwards on horror movie tropes. And I feel like where it was novel at first, it's it's become so such a crowded uh idea over the last ten years or yeah. so that I mean this it sounds like it could be fun, but I feel like I'm seeing the same movie over and over. <laughs> right. 
But I mean, like I said, I like uh, Joe Dante. I like Danielle Harris. Um, and you know, I like a, a, a star-studded cast or whatever they said. <laughs> um, all-star uh, cast. All-star. That's the one. Hey now. <laughs> I hate Scream being referenced. Like the, all, the, always referencing Scream with these things. Well, because Scream was like the you know the original meta horror film that really kind of pushed it into the mainstream. That's true. I guess they have the does it? Yeah, that predates Behind the Mask. So maybe yeah. maybe Final Girls as we think of it now was probably like kind of wrapped up in Leslie Vernon, but before that it was kind of presented it in in scream yeah but anyway scream didn't really like i mean it was meta but it didn't really focus on the final girl thing yeah yeah it was more focused on just like mistakes that people commonly make to get themselves killed in horror movies right not necessarily characters you know establishing these archetypes like i think as far as that kind of uh, structure goes, I think Cabin in the Woods is probably the best. I love Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I just watched it like last week. I did too. And I, I wouldn't have if you hadn't mentioned that you were watching it. I'm like, I haven't watched that in years. Then it was on Hulu. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I watched that. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, the Virgin, the the... The Jester or the Joker or something like that. The Fool. That's what it was. Uh, so, I mean, basically, the final girl, the, the virgin, the the stoner, the goofy stoner, the jock, the brainy one, and the, and the, the slut. Yep. Uh, and it just, it, <laughs> it kind of gave a backstory behind creating those tropes that was kind of fun. Um, but, anyway, yeah, just. Like I said, it's becoming some pretty well-worn territory at this point. So I just, I don't, this one may get away with it, but I, I kind of wonder how many more movies can you can make before this is just really tired format, you know? Yeah. Anyway. That's it. That's horror business, guys. Um, so uh, I guess we'll just move right along. Footloose and fancy free. Are you going to do the thing? <laughs> whenever yeah, you were looking at me like you were waiting for me to do it. So whenever I say like mo- moving right along or moving along, you always bust into songs. So I was just kind of waiting for it. Getting there is half the fun. Come share uh, it okay, with me. Okay, moving right along. All right, all right, all right. We get it, Taylor. Let's talk about some movies. Okay. Sounded uh, a little less than enthused there, Taylor. Um, you know, I'm as enthused as, as, as I'm going to be. Good. Okay, so we've <laughs> got two movies, two brand new movies uh, here. Um, just, well, one's not that brand new, but it just came out on DVD. It, it's been out on Shutter for a while. Right. And I don't know, was there a particular reason we didn't talk about it sooner? or just We had other stuff going on. That's true. We, we've been scheduling things pretty pretty far out 
But anyway, we're getting to it now. Uh, we've got Skerrick Package and uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Which we didn't know if we were going to be able to to rent until like three days ago. Yeah. that's. Th- it like, came out available to purchase online, but th- they wouldn't let you rent it until the 27th. Yeah. I don't know if it was like one of those home premiere things or what, but it's like it's pretty ballsy to make it to where I, I can only buy your movie when I haven't seen it yet. Right. It's like, because I'm probably not going to do it. No. <laughs> I'm not going to drop 15 bucks on a movie that I haven't seen yet and find out it's garbage. And right. Like, I'm going to find the manager and want my money back. He's going to go full Karen on your ass. <laughs> anyway, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Scare Package. Your cold opener. You only have a few minutes to put all the pieces in place. This is the best house on the market. It just seems too good to be true. What would happen in a horror movie now? Everyone I care about ends up dead. As if it wasn't bad enough that we're babysitting on Halloween. That's what they were doing back there. Tests and shit. The engine will not start in 17 out of 18 cases. It's the devil's lake impaler. It's not over. You can still come back. I'm pretty sure something bad happened here. You don't understand! You have to kill me! Now! You okay? Hitchhikers is dangerous business. It's how horror movies start. It's like you're having a rough night. It's 11 a.m. Hi, I'm hunting a creature. Well, a man. Maybe you've seen him? How are we gonna fix this? I'd like to rent a wood chipper. We are in a horror movie! Nobody? Horror. Horror movie. Scare package if you're French. Yep, it's French. That's how they say it. Yeah, they say scare package. Let <laughs> <laughs> me drink of my wine <laughs> and smoke my cigarette like this. That's how they. That's how they smoke them. <laughs> they don't even inhale. They got like the big long cigarette holders. <laughs> <Like> Cruella Deville. <laughs> yeah. So scare package. Uh, like I said, originally came out uh, on Shutter. Oh no, it's not on here. Oh, uh, June in 18th. June. Wow, that was longer ago than I realized. <coughs> we have been fucking up. But like I said, just came out on DVD. So if you don't have Shutter for whatever reason, you can now go and go and buy it. But this is an anthology film. But we'll take take the second to say, like we said before. Shutter is six dollars a month. And if you don't have Shutter, you're you're fucking up. It's yeah, like you don't even have to watch one thing every month and it's still worth it. Yeah. It's like you're gonna if you if you rent a movie once a month, you're already getting your value out of Shutter. Yeah. But like I said, this was an anthology. Uh each 
a little segment had a different film crew behind it. <coughs> uh, excuse me. And then there was also a little wraparound story going on. Uh, so we start out with a story called Cold Open. Uh, this guy named Mike Myers. Get it? Not like Austin Powers, but like the other one. Yeah. <laughs> like Michael Myers, but he goes by Mike. Yeah, I got it. My sister sent me this funny meme the other day. It was Michael Myers. Like he wakes up in bed. And he's like got no shirt on. He's like under the under the covers, but he's still got his mask on. He like sits up and stretches. Then he goes to look at the calendar, and it's October 31st. And he's like, yes. <laughs> Shows him trick-or-treating dressed like Austin Powers. <laughs> anyway, continue. But so his job is to just like set the scene for horror movies. We see him like switching an arrow on a sign that says abandoned mental institution. Right. Because <laughs> why would that sign be- exist? Yeah. And like, like they would call it not only abandoned, but insane asylum. Oh, insane asylum. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, <laughs> nobody calls it that. <laughs> it's a psychiatric hospital at best. Right. Um, but yes, that's his job as he does things like, you know, switch that arrow around or, you know, he cuts the power at, at these girls' house, but he he wants to be something more in life. He wants he wants a story arc, and he's talking to his friend who is a horror movie police officer. Is she just a police officer or a hero? Maybe just a generic hero. Okay, I'm not sure. Um, but she she also wants more out of life because no matter what she does, she can't manage to shoot anyone anywhere other than in the left shoulder. Right. <laughs> She's like, I can be point blank range, point at their head, and I'll still hit him in the shoulder. Right? She's like, can't hit him in the heart, can't hit him in the face. Always that left shoulder. <laughs> but so, uh, like I said, he cuts the power at these girls' house, and then he decides this this is his moment. He's gonna buck tradition. He's gonna, you know, defy whoever's giving him these instructions. And he goes up and he knocks on the girl's house and he says, hey, I'm, I'm Mike. I'm your friendly neighbor. And, you know, obviously the girls are suspicious of him, especially since he has wire cutters hanging out of his, uh, his pocket. He's wearing a jumpsuit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anthologies are always so hard to talk about on the show because there's multiple stories that you can't spoil. Yep. Just <laughs> watching this. I'm like, well, Taylor did it to himself again. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, through a series of events, uh, some mishaps happen, uh, and uh, Mike has to has to bail. And so he hitchhikes, gets in a car with this guy, and, well, I guess this isn't really a spoiler. It flashes out, and you realize that the whole thing is a, a script that Mike has written. Right. Um, and he's riding in a car with this guy. And the guy says, I don't know, a, a movie, talking about a movie inside a movie inside a movie seems a little too meta for me because that's, what, that's, what's, going that's on, what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then he drops him off at some dirt road <laughs> and uh, he's just like, remember, kid, picking up hitchhikers is dangerous. That's how horror movies start. Yeah. And then he just peels out. Yeah, I like like there are a lot of uh, uh, little tips of the hat and homages to other classic horror films, Mike Myers. Um, and also the, this guy's car, when he starts to pull away 
the convertible oh, roof yeah. comes up and it's red and green. Yeah. Like the end of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That, that, was good. that was nice. So this guy peels out and takes off and, uh, you know, they do the whole opening credits sequence, but then he shows up to uh, Rad Chad's Horror Emporium, which is this, uh, uh, I guess, exclusively horror video store. Apparently, yeah. Which, uh, like, you know, off the top of my head, I can think of one rental store that is still in operation. Um, it's become known for its horror selection, Scarecrow. Oh. It's not just horror though but that's the only one i can think of yeah everything every other rental place that i ever knew growing up is gone so just it's funny that in such a very small market that you well we don't know what when this is supposed to take place there's no cell phones but he says it's 2000 doesn't he at one point say it's 2019 or something like that he says it's the 21st century whatever so uh, but both the logo and the uniforms of Rad Chat's Horror Emporium are directly ripped off from Joe Bob Briggs. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like to if you glance at it without actually like paying attention to what's writ- written, it definitely looks like the last drive-in. Yeah, and then the uniforms are like denim shirts with uh, bolo ties. Mm-hmm. With little little uh, cowboy accents on them. Yeah. And so the, this guy in the car, the, this is Rad Chad himself. He's the Chad. He is the Chad. And uh, he goes inside and is immediately greeted by Sam, who is, I guess, their their best customer. He's in there all the time. And he wants a job. The guy's shirt was awesome. His shirt is a picture of an anthropomorphic taco. And it says, let's taco about Jesus. Let us party. Let us. Like, like taco. I think it says, let us pray. I was going to say, that makes more sense. I think so, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> like, I'm not even a, a, a religious person. I'd wear that shirt. <laughs> uh, but, like I said, he's he's applying for a job, and uh, Chad just basically tells him to go fuck himself. He says, you're, you're a weirdo, you're a nerd, and I don't like you. And so then this tiny little Asian man comes in named uh, Han, and he's also applying for the job, and he's like, "You got it." He gives him like this uh, lightning round interview, right? And then gives him the job, gives him his own Joe Bob shirt and bolo tie. <laughs> and Sam is just the fuck. Is someone slamming the dumpster? So they always do that. Uh, Sam is just furious, and he is like immediately. His goal in life is now is to take down Han. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm just trying to look something up real quick. Um, and so, this is this is our inner <coughs> interweaving story. Is this video store, and through these different videotapes is how we get our anth- anthological stories, right? Because Chad tells him ABC always be playing video cassettes. <laughs> And so uh, we get the first one, One Time in the Woods, is that what it was called? Uh, yeah. Apparently, okay. Uh, yeah, Sam comes up and he's got a stack of tapes and he's 
uh, Chad is like, this one again? He's like, oh, you haven't seen this one? It's amazing. And he starts describing it. And then we flash to the story. Uh, these four people, they're out camping in the woods. There's, there is so much going on in this one. Oh, this is the best one. It's, the, it's my favorite one. It's so good. So there's four people, and they're out camping. Two of them are a couple. Uh, I don't know. I, it just has four names, but I don't know who, um, who's who. But the, no, the no. two of them are a couple, and the other two are trying to fuck. They, they, they base they got set up by their friends. Yeah, and uh, she's like, you know, I I don't think it's a good idea. I brought my own tent, <coughs> and her friend is like, well, I don't see you setting it up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this guy runs up, and his shirt's all torn, and he's like, you have to, you have to help me. You have to. Uh, you have to kill me because I will kill you. You have to protect yourself from me. And you, you think he's going to be like a werewolf or something, <laughs> but then he starts transforming into like, like at first he looks, he looks like Toxie. Yeah. He's, yeah. He just starts getting like boils and shit and like, yeah. Oozing green. Yeah. Ooze. Shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, just starts falling off him. And uh, eventually he just turns into like this puddle. Of, of human and he's like you know you I, you need silver is the only thing that'll work use your watch and the woman like throws his watch he's like that's fake <laughs> and then she like looks at her husband it's like oh well you i mean the guy he said it was real I, <laughs> <laughs> but so then the other guy comes up and he like puts a handcuff on him and he's like oh good you stopped the transformation <laughs> so now he's just stuck as this like half person half pile of goo well he's basically like a pile of goo with a talking skull and one hand (laughs) (laughs) but she was like why do you have handcuffs was that for me and he's like oh yeah but not not the way you were thinking (laughs) like he's like the the other guy he's like uh are those silver like it's just standard like police issue handcuffs like are those silver he's like what i like the fancy things (laughs) Yeah, and the girl's like, were those for me? And he's like, oh, yes, but not the way you were thinking, because I'm the backwoods slasher. <laughs> the, the pile of goo. He's like, he's the backwoods slasher. Right, he puts on a mask, and then the, the, the goo pile is just like, he's the backwoods slasher. And then he starts, by the way, through all of this, as the guy's transforming, and uh, you know the he kills the 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 husband sorry spoiler but like throughout all this the women are just getting absolutely splattered with blood and viscera <laughs> so and much. goo uh, and so we get this little uh, cat and mouse through the woods um somebody somebody gets an axe in the dick <laughs> oh man oh this one was so fucking like off the wall. I loved it. It was so good. Like, cause like you definitely, th- so they did a really good job of combining all of these like camping tropes. Like yeah. these, I mean, sub sub genres of, of woods films. Uh, and they did such a good job of crossing them all over, even though like as a whole story, it made no sense. <laughs> it was just, coming at you from all angles and but it, it worked it, it actually really flowed well um and it was just super nutty like it was, well, yeah, it was like every time you could, like got settled into okay now we're doing this story something new would right. some new twist would happen 
And you're just like, what is happening? Right. <laughs> but it's just, it's disgusting and, uh, and gross with the, the goo pile guy. And then you've got, you know, all these slasher tropes and stuff. And it's just great. Good, good stuff. Um, and then our next one, you know, there's a little in-between story here that is pretty inconsequential. Um, but we go back and we get this story called Mr. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's commenting on kind of the wraparound story that, that intersplices all these smaller stories is that you've constantly got, what was that, what was that weird customer? I can't remember. Sam. Sam. He's in the store and he like just won't leave. And he's just making Han's life a living hell. Yeah. Because he wants to prove that he's like this superior employee and he's the one that Chad should have hired. So he's just making Han's life like a nightmare. Just trying to fuck up his day. Anyway. Yeah, and Han's like doing all these like training videos and stuff, and he, uh, but Chad tells him there's this one door, and he's like, "Whatever you do, don't don't go in that room." Right. Um, and Sam was like, "You know what they call a Goldie Han in the fetish community? It's when you find a man named Han and you pee on him." <laughs> don't worry, I won't do that to you. <laughs> uh, but our next story is called Mister, which is an acronym for uh, men in serious turmoil. Uh, establishing rights. So it's like some, you know, MRA bullshit. But we have uh, Noah Segan, our old, old buddy Noah Segan, who I think also directed this. Um, I, I don't think that's right, but I don't know for sure. So well, go ahead. Well, then keep your goddamn mouth shut. <laughs> Fuck my <laughs> life. Uh, but he he's at this bar and... The bartender, I wouldn't say he was flirting with him because I don't think that's the case, but he was just having this. Oh, you're right. He did Dirk. Okay. See? Shut your fucking mouth (laughs) when you're talking to me. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) um, (laughs) The, he's like, Noah Segan's clearly having some kind of, you know, uh, marital issues issues yeah and the the bartender like buys him a shot and he's just like well you know what they say home is where the heart is and the heart is where the blood is and blood is thicker than water <laughs> <laughs> so no thing is just like all right i'm gonna go over there now <laughs> <laughs> and he like takes a piss and he sees this poster for mister <laughs> like like after he gets up and walks to the to the bathroom like the bartender, he just pulls a Bloody Mary out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but so he goes to this Mr. Meeting and he just kind of hangs out in the back and observes. And the guy who's leading it comes up and he says, you know, I saw you hanging out. You know, is this something you might be interested in? And he was like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of what you said was really ringing true with me. He's like, all right, well tonight we're doing this thing that we do once a month. It's a little game we play. And, uh, you know, we'd love you to come out and be a part of it. And he's like, all right, yeah, I'm in. And uh, so he goes out there and uh, it's a, uh, it, lo- it looks like they're just going to play football at first. They're just like tossing the old pigskin around, you mm-hmm. know, one guy's got a helmet on, but it uh, takes a turn. It does take a turn. And then it takes another turn. <laughs> it takes another turn after that. And then it takes another turn after that. Does it? I feel like that's too many turns. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, I know what you're... Maybe what, you're combining turns. I was combining turns, <laughs> okay. yeah. 
Um, yeah. And so then we get more of the, the video store and then we get girls night out of body, which was, this was a one that Han found on the shelf under post feminism, neo slasher revenge body horror. (laughs) That's what I loved about this store. It's like, it's, it's only horror. And so like you've got these genre, like subgenres and then subgenres of subgenres and so forth. <laughs> and this was the only tape under that subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so these girls are at a convenience store. They're getting ready to have like a, a girls' weekend at a hotel or something. And uh one of them sees this skull-shaped lollipop that says not for sale. So she steals it. As you do. Well, yeah. If they won't let you buy it, then you just take it, right? It's probably for free. Doesn't have a price on it. It's probably free. <laughs> you said not for sale. I didn't buy it. <laughs> um, And they go and they have their little slumber party. They're having a pillow fight. and Right? Yep. Fing- and finger banging. Yeah. They start, they start making out. None of that, none of that happens. <laughs> Actually, they do have a pillow fight eventually, but. Yeah. Uh, but they all like lick the lollipop, and then they uh, it turns them into skull to, to the candy shop. Turns them, turns them into skeletons. Right. I don't. I didn't like this one. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like it mainly because I didn't really understand what. No, I didn't understand. It's not that I didn't understand what was happening. I just didn't really get it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next one is the night he came back again, part four, the final kill. Right. And this is basically just the, you know, the old slasher trope of the slasher, just not ever dying. Right. Uh, this is basically like someone saw the end of club dread and when I can make that into a four and a half minute <laughs> <laughs> short film, but basically there's just the slasher and, uh, they keep trying to kill him and he just won't die. Yeah. And like, you know, it kind of opens up where this girl, she's obviously been through something with this guy or, you know, with this killer multiple times. She's, I mean, she was probably in the night he came back again, one, two, and three. Yeah, you have, you presume that she's been in the previous, pre, preceding films. Um, but it's like she says, you know, I always leave you for dead, but this time I'm making sure that you're dead. It's like, it's, in horror movies, they always leave the killer for dead. They never actually like do the double tap, you know? Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of a play on that. And so I thought it was funny that in this, they're like doing all these like very deliberate things to kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they basically like have him chained up in some kind of tool shed or something and they just like torture him. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's their second attempt to kill him. They got him strapped to a table, and they're gonna do the the classic like you know electrodes to to kill him, you know, tied to a car uh, car battery. And so the girl, does she actually have a name? I can't remember. Uh, Daisy. Okay, let's go with that. Uh, she she's over there like kind of setting up the car battery itself, and the two guys, one of the two of the guys that she's with, <laughs> are putting the uh, the alligator clips on on his nipples and she turns around he's like she's like why are they on his nipples like i 
I don't know. Isn't that where they're supposed to go? It's <laughs> like, this isn't a fucking porno. <laughs> Put him on his neck. I was like when they jam the uh, fireworks down his throat. And like as Daisy's about to light it, the one guy is like, say hello to the founding fathers, asshole. And she just like looks at him like, I get to do the one liner. <laughs> like, <laughs> that wasn't even a good one. <laughs> I mean, it's better than hers, which is just happy 4th of July, fucker. Right. Like, we, I didn't even know it was on 4th of July and, until after that. Yeah. I guess they do confirm it was 4th of July. Yeah. They? And, I mean, they're all wearing, like, red, white, and blue, but that didn't even click with me. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, and then the last one is called So Much to Do, which I don't really understand the title of that, but... Is that the last one? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, then there's the end at the video store that actually is longer than. Yeah. But this one, uh, this this woman who hates spoilers, uh, gets possessed by this guy who then tries to watch her TV, and she gets mad and uh, takes out. Try, they they fight over her body. Right. That's pretty much it. Wasn't very good. No, I didn't care for this one. This was, uh, that one was directed and I think written by Baron Vaughn. Who's a comedian. If if you watch Grace and Frankie, he's on Grace and Frankie. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't very good. I didn't, I didn't care for it. I'm just like, is it going, this is going somewhere. It has to be like, and it just didn't. the whole middle of it is just like them throwing hands and then, uh, What'd you say his name was? The director? Baron Vaughn. Baron Vaughn just like showing up on screen. <laughs> yeah. Like he was a character he was a character in a show that she wanted to watch or something. Um Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, and then we, we go back to the video store and you know, I don't want to give anything away, obviously, but we find out what's in the room that you're not supposed to go in. Uh and then they end up actually going into this secret bunker underneath the video store and you find out that they're like training slashers. Was it that? Was that what was happening? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I, what I took from it was that they were researching horror tropes. Like things I mean, like... Yeah, it's kind of one and the same. I, I guess. But they had this killer. Uh, what was his name? Something Lake Impaler. Devil's Lake Impaler. Played by one Gold Dust. <laughs> yeah, played by Dustin Rhodes, which I didn't realize until they showed him without the mask. Uh, yeah, me too. Like, I, like I was looking at him like, that kind of looks like Dusty Rhodes, but he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, is that Gold Dust? <laughs> yes. And it was. It was Gold Dust, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not anymore. Now he's just Dustin Rhodes. But... Right. But you never forget the name is of... <sighs> Gold Dust. Yeah, the whole thing. Like the gimmick. Yeah. Like the thing he did. <laughs> is he retired or is he in, is he in A&W? He's in AEW now? Yeah, he's in A&W. <laughs> well, he's beer. making root beer now. He's retired to make root beer. Root beer floats. That's his specialty. <laughs> yes, he is in AEW. Okay. I, th- I wasn't sure if he was retired. No, he's part of the Natural Nightmares tag team. Got it. I guess those Runnels, they don't really die or uh, retire, do they? No, they just run themselves around. What's, which one's a professional name? Which one's a real name? I forget. Rhodes is the real name. Or the, sorry, the gimmick name. Runnels is, is their real name. Okay. Although Cody legally changed his name to, his last name to Rhodes Runnels. 
roads like hyphenated? I don't think it's hyphenated. I think it's just oh. doubled. Wow. Okay. He did it so he could get the trademark. Fair enough. But he still can't. He's <laughs> still fighting him on it. Um, we do get a cameo from Joe Bob himself as himself, right? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I love how he's like, what's your name? And he's like, Chad. All right, listen here, Brad. And he just calls him Brad the whole time. It's like, he just said it. You already forgot. <laughs> or I just don't care that much. And he's like so, I mean, he, he, Joe Bob, in his old age, his character has become just like this old curmudgeon. Like, I mean, you, you watch The Last Drive-In and he's just like, I mean, he's still like the same horror-loving, fun Joe Bob, but he's just, he's got that old man edge to him now. Yeah. Uh, and he, he really kind of plays on that in, in this, you know, uh, fictional version of himself. And Chad also keeps like calling him dad. <laughs> yeah, because that's like a, a, an underlying thing is that Chad doesn't know his father, and it's like his mom told him to never f- seek him out or anything or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, we also get Chase Williamson popping up in this uh, little story. Oh yeah, yeah. And he just plays this. He plays a guy named. No, he doesn't play a guy named Chad. That's, there's already other Chad. Um, but he just plays this like total airhead like dude, Pete or something. It's uh, uh, it is Pete. Well done, thank you. You you actually remembered something. <laughs> um, that's 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 new for me. I'm growing as a person. Yeah, usually you're like, isn't it like Bill? I'm like, no, it's Pete. Oh, <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> Especially names. Names like confound me. I can't remember names to save my life. Yeah, you'd be like, isn't it like Orenthal? I'm like, no, it's Steve. <laughs> Nobody has been named Oren Fall since 1996. Like, <laughs> um, it's pretty good. I liked it. Like, almost, you know, with, like with most anthologies, you have you know varying levels of uh, quality with the the stories. One thing I will say is, even though all of these stories are done by different people, they all kind of felt on a similar wavelength yeah yeah um similar to like um thinking like like all hallows eve the first one uh even though they were all directed by different people wait right is that right uh yeah yeah because damien directed the wraparound with with art Mm -hmm. okay anyway but like that where it all flowed very well it all seemed like it was a cohesive piece that like you would almost believe that they were all done by the same people right and actually i didn't i didn't know until um, like almost the end of the movie when i got curious and started looking up who directed this which isn't because like the way that this movie is formatted with the you know each story being like a different videotape you easily could have gotten away with them being completely different in tone and structure and stuff yeah it's i mean it's similar to like vhs in that manner yeah um or the vhs is um even though it was mostly garbage. Um, yeah, no, uh, I thought this was a lot of fun. Like, like you said, there were there are some some good ones, some stinkers, um, but the movie as a whole was I thought pretty pretty well. I thought the wraparound story was was really good. Yeah, um, and so that kind of you know since that's the underlying story, it kind of carries the the weaker stuff. Yeah, 
because then you're you're still looking forward to the next chapter in that. Exactly. Um, I mean, maybe this isn't a popular opinion. Obviously, we agree on it, but I don't understand starting with your strongest story because I feel like then you're just setting up for letdown for the rest of them. Well, I mean, as far as judging the strongest story, I guess is kind of in the eye of the beholder. That's but. true. It's it's all opinion. Um. Yeah, I, I just thought that the fir- the first story was so good that I was just like, all right, I'm really looking forward to yeah the, what the rest of this is going to be. And then I didn't think any of the other ones were as strong. Well, I mean, like, you know, for argument's sake, you, you could say that the wraparound itself is the strongest story. Well, yeah. And then it ends with that for yeah. a good 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, longer than I feel like most wraparound stories. Like you, you usually get just like one little conclusion there, but this actually did turn into quite the story going yeah on i mean like it wasn't it's kind of started as a wraparound story and i think it actually this may have been separate from the wraparound story yeah just involving the same characters anyway it's well yeah because they call it horror hypothesis yeah so it actually does have a, a title i mean we're dissecting some semantics here but um yeah, no, I mean, like overall, it had a pretty good flow to it. Even, even the, even the ones that I didn't enjoy as much, it kind of, it they weren't so bad that I like lost interest. And you know, when they were over, things picked back up again. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, uh, I give it an eight. Mm, I'm gonna go seven. All right, eight eight is too strong. I just I enjoyed most of the movie except for you know two stories. So I just take a point off for each of the stories that didn't really do it for me. All right, that's fair. Okay, so that like we said, that's on Shutter, so you don't have to unless. If you don't have Shutter, you have to rent it. If you do have Shutter, you don't have to pay anything for it. It's already there. I mean, you got to pay the six dollars a month that you pay for Shutter. But yeah, but we've been over that. But then, I mean, you get so many things. Why we shill so much for Shutter and they don't sponsor us? Eh, eh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw Shutter under the bus on here. Okay, because. <laughs> because you don't want to throw away the chance that they might yes. us in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Next up, we've got the uh, 2020 film just came out in Oct- well, oh, last, last month at this point. So a few weeks ago, um, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. six years sober for three this is scary it's new i never saw a body like that there's gonna be a lot of late nights and overtime because of the brutal murder that happened in town and i didn't want to set up expectations that i can't keep our expectations of you are very low spans the bites are gigantic same as the distance of the paw prints it's a wolf or maybe it's a werewolf no let me just make this perfectly clear 
there is no such thing as werewolves. Our killer is a guy, and I'm gonna find him, and I'm gonna kill and we're gonna bring him to justice. We have every reason to believe that this monster will show up again tonight. I won't ask you to pray with me because of the goddamn lawyers. Okay? They're saying it's a wolf. No, it's a man. When do I get to be right about something? Okay, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Like we said earlier, this was like, it was out, you could buy it for like 15 bucks. It was also in theaters at the same time. That's right. So, I mean, it must have been one of those, really, you know, home releases or something. Because you could only buy it. You couldn't, actually, that's weird. Because a lot of those home releases, you pay like 20 bucks to rent it. Yeah. They don't, they don't sell it to you. Um. And so this is different, or was different. Um, well, not only that, they weren't even advertising that you could rent it. It's true. Like, I had to track down that this was going to be available for rent eventually, because everywhere was just like, yeah, purchase it for fourteen ninety nine, And that, w- that was all they were, were advertising. Right. Um, so I was like, I don't really want to buy this, and then end up not liking it. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, it uh, came out to rent what just a few days ago right the 27th okay um anyway but yeah available anywhere vod is found or whatever uh uh it's a lost my train of thought directed by jim cummings written by jim cummings and starring jim cummings yes that is usually a bad thing (laughs) yes um but anyway so this um, movie centers on uh, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings, who stars as um, Sheriff Deputy John Marshall in the small town of Snow Hollow, like the title. Yeah, you, you got it. Snow Hollow, Utah. It's the the titular Snow Hollow. Yes, in Utah, it's a small ski town. <clears throat> it doesn't have much industry, or you know. Uh, what's the word? Um, infrastructure. It's just kind of a sleepy little town that also happens to be a, a hot spot for tourism. You know, people coming to ski the mountain. Renters. <clears throat> renters, yeah. A there's renters. a lot of renter pro- rental property. Yeah, yeah. Rental properties. Renter property. Um, it's like it's like Monopoly for renters. Yeah. <laughs> Renteropoly. <laughs> Terrible game. Nobody wants to play that. I'm so good at it. <laughs> Millennials are great at it. <laughs> In that they don't die while they're doing it. <laughs> or, you know, end up living on the street or starving. It's like you land on Boardwalk and it's like, oh, you land on Boardwalk, pay your rent. Instead of someone paying you, like you have to pay. Right. <laughs> it's like, but my job only pays me $16 an hour. <laughs> um, 
Okay, anyway, yeah, so uh, Jim Cummings stars as John Marshall, who is the sheriff deputy in Snow Hollow, a very small sheriff department, uh, headed up by his father, um, Sheriff Hadley. I didn't realize I had two different last names. I I never, I kept trying to find out the dad's name, because he definitely is his father. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he calls him dad, so... But uh, like he's always wearing a coat, so you never see his name badge. It's true. And he, like he never wears like. Do you notice his ba- his coat didn't have a badge on it? And like, I don't know if he. I don't think he had a badge on his shirt either. It's kind of like they reach where like we were like. You know, we we're playing sheriff's deputies in the, in the small sheriff's department, and we were like sharing jackets, and <laughs> I think we shared shirts, and <laughs> and de- we definitely shared badges, shared underwear. <laughs> Shared everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> it's a very intimate sheriff's department. Shared beds. <laughs> uh anyway, so yeah, his uh father, played by the late Robert Forrester, R.I.P. One, One love. love. <laughs> um and you know, you've got a cast of people in here, and at least for me, only two of them were actually recognizable. Like Robert Forrester and um, uh, Ricky Lindstrom. Yep. From, uh, I mean, she's an actress, but she's also. She's a, from Garfunkel and Oates. Garfunkel and Oates, yeah. <laughs> With Gooch. With the Gooch. Uh, I, I was thinking about that while I was watching this. I was like, it's so funny that she like will go and do these serious roles like this. Yeah. But you never see Kate McCucci doing serious roles. She's always just that weird, bubbly. She was in this one role. And I can't remember what it was. The only thing that stuck out in my head that struck me as odd was that she was doing this very graphic lesbian scene. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Showed her boobies and everything. It was awkward seeing <laughs> the Gooch's boobies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, isn't she, doesn't she also play like... Uh, uh, oh, fuck. What's the girl duck on DuckTales? Penny? Uh, Webby. Webby. Yes, she does. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So, yeah, small, small um, sheriff's department. There's what, like six deputies, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And there's all, like two or three that just uh, kind of are in the background. Yeah. I mean, there are, yeah, some people that just don't even get involved in this, in this center story. Um, anyway, so they're. They're in this small little ski town um, in the in the midst of winter. It's probably mid December, early December, somewhere in there. Just because Christmas Christmas comes later in the movie comes into play. Yeah, yeah. The whole timeline of the movie is a little hard to kind of figure out. But yeah, it definitely takes place in winter and ends. It's definitely modern day. Because his daughter has a cell phone. Yeah, there are cell phones, so we know for a fact that it is present day. Right. Um, I guess it ends on New Year's Eve. It does. So, yeah. In the month of December. Anyway. Uh, Jim is... Uh, sorry, John is a... Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's a sheriff deputy. He's the son of the sheriff. Um, he has this very high-stress job. Um, he's also divorced in a bitter divorce with 
his wife and they also have a teenage daughter. Um, so he's also seems to have a very bad anger problem and he's also a drunk. So I think the movie actually opens up with him in a, in a meeting of one sort or another. I don't know if it's like rageaholics or AA or something. Um, but he's in a meeting just trying to, you know, maintain his composure. Um, and then he gets called away. Sorry, I'm trying to remember the structure here. He gets called away to a crime scene where there is a body that has been just like dismembered. Just ripped apart, yeah. Um, it was the, the girlfriend of the guy from American Vandal. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I completely forgot about that element. So, yeah, there's this couple, and I guess this is where it starts. This couple comes up I think so, yeah. into, this, into Snow Hollow. She was raised there, but moved away. Um, to L.A. L.A. And so they come to, uh, to visit and, like, a ski, um, and they get a rental house. They're kind of unpacking, and they go to dinner, and they have this confrontation with some townspeople who are dropping um, you know, some epithets. Yeah. Um, and uh, they come back and they're in, you know, just in the hot tub. Things are getting kind of hot and heavy. Um, and we see him set out a ring. So he's, he's there to propose. Um, and which is just like, once you see a wedding ring in a horror movie, you know that that, that proposal's never happened. Yeah, they go and die. <laughs> um, so they're in the hot tub, and she tells him to go get in the shower, and she'll be in shortly. And um, while he's in the shower, <laughs> shaving his pubes, <laughs> uh, she's out fucking out the hot water heater or something. Yeah. Um, and we hear this growling and this rustling from off screen. She sees whatever's coming after her. And, you know, this movie does a weird thing where it like, it'll play the death scene interspliced with the aftermath, like the actual investigation. So it's like, we don't see what happens, but then it jumps to the investigation where the police are checking, you know, seeing the dead body. And so we know that they're dead, even though it keeps jumping back and forth between that and like the actual attack itself. So it's like you see this person struggling for their life, but you already know they're not going to make it out of there. Right. Um, and uh, anyway, so the, the uh, sheriff's department's there trying to figure out what's going on. You know, this is a small town and things like this just don't happen. So they're not really prepared for it. And like kind of the bumbling nature of, you know, 95% of the sheriff's department is kind of coming into play. Um, and seems like the only ones that are willing to do any kind of police work are uh, John and uh, Jenna. Um, and it seems like as far as like competency goes, Jenna's really the only one that has any business being in that sheriff's department. Yeah, like John gets real a agitated by everyone. Yeah. Yeah, he has a serious anger problem. He gets set off by the most minute things. Um, and like I said before, you know, he's he's dealing with his ex-wife 
who's giving him grief about not giving enough, you know, paying enough attention to his teenage daughter who just got at 17 years old, was just accepted into college on a gymnastic scholarship. <clears throat> and so she's trying to get him to contribute in making this life change. And he's just like, you know what? I've got a lot on my fucking plate. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or like when the guy is, she's trying to get DNA off the phone booth. And he's just like, I'm, I'm not getting anything here. And he's like, well, just do your fucking job. Right. Um, and also kind of an underlying thing is uh, his dad, the sheriff. He, um, he's very, very old um, and not doing particularly well. Um, the only ones that are really aware of that are John and Jenna. Um, yeah, I mean, Jim's dad just refuses to retire. He should have, and he's clearly got some health issues, but he just refuses to hang it up. John's dad. John's dad. What did I say? Jim. I keep saying I keep saying fucking Jim. John. 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 Um, like the guy who's going to come back to life and run for vice president. What? You never heard this? This was a, there was a QAnon theory that uh, John F. Kennedy was still alive, and Trump was going oh. to announce that he was going to be replacing Pence as vice president. Yeah, that would have been real funny with uh, Trump replacing uh, Pence with a dead Democrat, right? <clears throat> anyway. Uh, okay, so so they're trying to investigate this murder. Um, you know, like I said, you know, this body's been dismembered. They find that her genitals are nowhere to be found. All of her other body parts are accounted for, except for her genitals specifically. Um she's so they're uh, trying to figure out what's going on and jim or john <laughs> i thought john was like maybe he made a flashlight out <laughs> he's like trying to kind of work the case you know find some rationale behind it and all of his other deputies are just these bumbling assholes just like oh it's probably just a hunter probably just some kind of fucked up hunter who likes to cut people up or an animal yeah, yeah and some the other an animal and so we have the medical examiners, you know, who are not even there. They're the county examiners who are, you know, however many towns away doing this remotely by via phone call and email saying, oh, yeah, those are animal bites. And, you know, um, another victim uh, comes later. who she's, she's attacked after leaving work at the ski slope. Uh, again, they intersplice the attack with the investigation of the crime scene, um, and her head's missing. Uh, but she and they're saying there's no sign, there's no blood. Or the only blood there is hers. There's no saliva. There are there's no DNA. There's no um, you know fingerprints. The only thing they're getting is like he's wolf hair, handfuls of wolf hair. Yeah. Um, she says, you know, it's very clear. Why is there wolf hair in your apartment? <laughs> There's a lot of wolf hair in here. That's inconclusive. Inconclusive. <laughs> um, Dude, our apartment's full of wolf hair. Why are you eating it? <laughs> Why is there wolf hair in an apartment in the middle of Philadelphia? <laughs> um, and that guy, the, the science bitch. 
was uh, the stoner from Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. F- uh, Fran- 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 Franny. Fran- you, know, you know Franny. See, we brought it back. <laughs> um, Fran-, Fran Krantz. Fran Drescher. No, not him. <laughs> him? <laughs> okay, I need to get through this. Um, so these murders are just, they're, they're really ramping up. There, more of them are happening. And John is just, hey, got you it. got it. I got it. Uh, he is more and more confounded by this because uh, he just, he does, he's insistent, even though all the evidence is telling him to the contrary, that this is a man. Meanwhile, the rest of the town and the rest of the sheriff's department is saying, well, this sounds like a werewolf if I ever seen one. And so he was just like, this well, not- the, the town gets a hold of it and they just start running with the snow hollow wolf man. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and where that sets off is that while they're investigating um, a crime scene, one of his deputies is on the phone with, with the um, medical examiner. And as this news van pulls up, he's out or he yells, the examiner's saying it's a wolf. And it's it's a funny little scene because he's just like staring at him and he turns around in the news van and you can see like the window of the news van slowly going up. <laughs> and he's just like, let's take a walk. <laughs> and then he punches him <laughs> in the face. <laughs> and then fires him. That's a that's another thing. He's like he's on this fire trip because he's like kind of next in line to be sheriff. His dad's a sheriff. I think he's probably like the ranking officer. So it's just it, it's assumed that once his dad finally retires, he's going to take up the post. Right. So he's kind of knowing that his dad's not well. He's telling the rest of the crew, you know, don't don't go to the sheriff. Go to me. You know, everything goes through me. Then the sheriff. Then the, what the state police or something like that or the the yeah whatever or council or something somebody. Um. There, yeah, it's city. Anyway, <clears throat> um, but yeah, so these attacks start happening all over town, and you know they're not really getting any closer to figuring out what's going on because everything else is everything they're finding is pointing towards a wolf, and we we are actually seeing this wolf making you know committing these attacks, and it's probably one of like you don't get like a full-on clear view of like the face it's always kind of shrouded in shadow but as far as like uh, the creature design goes and it's it's all cgi for like the the full body shots close up it's more practical but it's actually a pretty cool design mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of like um um underworld where it's just kind of like basically an anthropomorph anthropomorphic uh dog or a wolf uh, it just looks like a big fucking wolf standing on its hind legs. Yeah. And he's super tall. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just, they're going all over town trying to figure out this, um, these murders. And, you know, the town is starting to breathe down his neck because everybody's telling him that this is like a crime that, uh, you know, a child could solve, um, even though there are like really no clues telling him who the hell it could be. Um, but they're investigating all their leads they possibly can. 
Like everyone in town, every time they see any of the sheriffs, they're just like, no luck in catching them killers then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he's starting to get frustrated. And this movie does a really good job of making you feel his frustration. Yeah. Uh, John, I mean, he starts hitting the bottle again. Yeah. He starts, yeah, getting drunk um, and just like la- all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like blackout drunk. Like he gets. He gets to a, a a depth of his alcoholism where he's drinking mouthwash because he's out of beer. Um, that was something I thought was funny is that like when he first relapses, he like you know sneaks into his hidden stash and pulls out like a, three cans of beer on a ring, and I'm like, I feel like a drunk is gonna stash something other than beer. Uh, I mean, maybe it kind of depends on on the person, I guess. But I mean, I can I can tell you that also warm beer. <laughs> well, but it was Heisler. It's like the sitcom beer. Oh yeah, like, like oh yeah, oh yeah, like uh, New Girl, Good Place, Good Place, um, The League, The League, and uh, uh, Burn Notice. I'll use Heisler, <laughs> Heisler, and Let's Let's Chips. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can tell you as somebody who's had problems with, I mean, smoking, you know, just as an addiction, it, it starts out small. Like you're like, you're just like, oh, I'll just have one. And you're like, well, you know, that one sounds like another. <laughs> and that just it kind of snowballs from there. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to judge anything. It just stashing beer seems like something I don't hear about a lot. Wow. I mean, every... I mean, I'll say alcoholic. Every alcoholic has their vice. Yeah, but I mean, he wasn't like he was drinking everything. <laughs> yeah, um, he was drinking Irish coffee first thing in the morning. <laughs> Your car's parked in the middle of the road, <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, which we're laughing, but it's really not funny. Like yeah. his alcoholism, you know. Sometimes like that's played for laughs, but this time, even though this is like got comedic elements to it, that part is definitely not played. To be funny, right? Like it's that's a very dark part of him that he's like failing at controlling. Um, I mean, aside from being, you see, like failing at his job, failing at being a father, failing at being sober. So things are just kind of falling apart for him, and you really feel that, uh, especially during one of these crime scenes when, like, you know, Jen is trying to talk to him, and you've got the news pulling up, and you've got other deputies. Like it's it's when he fires that deputy the same scene or same causation when he when he yells out that it's a wolf like he's like his frustration is like through the roof and like with all these people coming at him all at once and all the, you know this tense situation you really feel that and i i took note of that um anyway so yeah the rest of this movie is just you know basically him trying to pursue this case while trying to keep his you know keep his drinking in check you know failing miserably at um trying to do good you know be good at his job which he's failing at um and you know his dad's failing health which he's he's always at odds with him about retiring and his dad just insists he's like i'm fine i'm fine fine um but anyway and yeah just all in the midst like as far as we know from what we've seen as a viewer it seems like it actually is a werewolf, mm-hmm. but they can't find any firm evidence aside from 
it appearing to be like a very large animal attack that it actually is a werewolf. And so, but it's funny because like then there's things that like an animal couldn't do. Like there's a, there's a deer that gets killed and there's a handprint on it, but then the part of the flesh where the handprint was just gets cut out. Right. It's like an animal couldn't do that. Yeah. So it's these weird kind of, it goes back and forth between, you know, like, well, maybe it is an animal, but then like, well, but an animal couldn't do this. So maybe it is a man. Right. Yeah. And also to add into it, these attacks are only happening during the full moon. Right. So anyway, so, I mean, I'll kind of end it there um, to avoid any spoilers. Um, But overall, I thought this was pretty good. I thought it was really good. Um, I really liked that it, it had a serious tone to it, but it also kind of had that, that levity where it's like, you know, he, he's he's got these anger issues and he's like lashing out at people left and right, but sometimes it's funny. <laughs> I like when it's not supposed to be funny, it's not. But when it is, it is. Yeah. And so that control over how they're presenting the scene was actually done really well. Um uh, you know, I, I said at the beginning that, uh, you know, typically when uh, a director directs or, you know, anybody directs, writes and stars in their own film, it doesn't always work out very well. It usually doesn't. But actually, I thought that Jim Cummings did a really good job in all yeah, aspects. There, there were definitely parts where I felt like he overacted a little bit, um, but like it wasn't like throughout the movie, it was intolerable or anything. Yeah, it was just it was just certain scenes. Yeah, and it's you know his supporting cast is great. Uh, Ricky Lindstrom did a really good job, um, and you know Robert Forrester, he's he's always great. This this was his last movie. His right? last movie. This was filmed in March last year, and he died in October. So, I mean, seven months. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. He may have done that Breaking Bad movie after this, but I don't know for sure. Hmm. Um, I one of them was his last role, um, but I mean, like I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good werewolf movie, um, and this uh, really did it for me. Uh, I had kind of a kind of a twist ending, yeah. Um, that I won't I won't get into, but it was, it's not explicitly <clears throat> horror though. It's it's much more of kind of a crime drama. Yeah. But it does have, you know, it has werewolves in it, so obviously it's it's going to fall into that genre. Yeah, it's not your typical monster movie like you think like um you know, like like I said like Underworld or think like The Wolfman where this you know, lycanthrope is like the center of attention. Mm-hmm. It's more about trying to find whatever this creature is. Um yeah, but it it plays well. As a monster movie, I guess. I mean, if even though there's not a lot of presence of a monster, and it does definitely sell itself as a werewolf movie, but it, you know, the 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 police procedural element of it is is very is front and center. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I mean, any thoughts do you want to add? Um. I mean, like I said, I th- I thought it was really good, but it. Uh, it is more of of a drama, I would say, but but it's violent. You know, you do get good uh, attacks from the werewolf, and you know, get 
bloody body dismemberments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I thought Jim Cummings overacted at points. Um, but overall, I thought the cast was really good. Uh, some of the the minor... Uh, Sorry, I, I keep saying Lick, Ricky Lindstrom. It's Licky. It's Licky? <laughs> Ricky I always L- thought it was Ricky. It's Ricky Lindholm. I keep saying her last name wrong. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I thought like the, the minor casts were really good uh, in their you know small roles. Uh, and I liked the end. The the whole sheriff's department, I think, was a, a, a good a good element of the movie because they're all just these like bumbling asshole cops. Yeah, um, that they're just like terrible at their jobs. Yeah, and it, like they keep trying to pass it off to somebody else because they're just like, oh, we don't do this kind of thing. Right, it's like you're the fucking police. <laughs> right. But anyway, and it's funny because everyone's like, this is why people talk shit about cops. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a lot bad to say about this. Um, no, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the ending. I kind of hoped for something else just be, you know, in my nature, but the ending was good. Um, I, one thing that, that really threw me off and especially because I knew I was going to have to be talking about this, it was in introducing so many characters in such a short amount of time. And it's like, I didn't, at the time, I didn't know who I was going to have to remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, having seen it now and, and, you know, watched the entire thing, I realized it wasn't all that crucial to remember all these people, but it's like, it's like, okay, I got to keep track of this person and this person and this person. I don't know exactly what their relationships are, but, um. But yeah, over overall, yeah, like I said, really, really well done. Um. Uh, I, I'm impressed that that Jim Cummings managed to carry all three roles in the film well. Um, the cast, the rest of the cast did really well. Um, and it was a solid story. Yep. Um. I'll give this a nine. Yeah, I think so. I really don't have any complaints. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I mean, my, like I said, my only major complaint was that, that there was just a lot of people coming at you all at once, and it's like it was hard to keep track of. But you know, maybe that was just part of the kind of the frantic feeling that was going on. Yeah, at so many points. Yeah, so I mean, this is available on VOD, I, I think everywhere. Yeah. I got it on Google Play. I got it on Amazon, so presumably everywhere. I think most people will probably get it from one of those two places. Yeah. Anyway, um, and that's it. That's the end of the show. Bye. Goodbye. Uh, but no, uh, so yeah, that's that's episode one sixty seven for you, um, and uh, it's been a hell of a time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, good to be back in our normal swing of things. Um, and uh, see you again in a couple weeks. That's the nice thing about uh, getting back to our regular schedule. No more <laughs> weekly episodes. Yeah. And that was even, that was especially taxing back, you know, first couple of years of October Rama where we were 
we were recording every week. Mm-hmm. You know, we we kind of managed to where we're just recording two shows at a time, but that's still a lot of extra work when we're recording, and then also when editing because I'm still editing. On having to watch four movies, that was that was the time consuming part. And it's like you can space it out, but you still have to remember what you watched. right exactly. <clears throat> All right, so um, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with a brand spanking new episode for you, Taylor. What are we? What are we going to be watching? Uh, we're we're going back to Shutter. We're going to be watching two Shutter movies, uh, Scare Me and Spiral. Yep, not the Chris Rock one. That's not out yet, or the Adam Green one, or the Adam Green one. Yeah. And we talked about how there's like a weird amount of horror movies called Spiral. Yeah, and I honestly didn't even realize it until you brought it up. <laughs> um, but no, this is the one on Shutter. I, I believe the only one on Shutter. I think so. I think I don't know. The Adam Green one may have been on there at some point. I don't know if it still is, but I don't know. Well, the new one, the Shutter exclusive. Yeah. Um. Okay. So until then, where can people find us, Taylor? They can find us at GreatPlotPodcast.com. Wherever you listen to your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and, fa- and uh, YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And of course, check out patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast for some exclusive content and graveplotfilmfest.com for all your film fest needs and wants and desires and hopes and dreams. Probably <laughs> um, uh, this- all madly dashed <laughs> to pieces. Is that it? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but. Uh, it sounds like it. <laughs> I don't know. I usually just let you I put it on autopilot <laughs> while you're talking. I feel like I'm forgetting <clears throat> something, but I really don't know what it could be. Well, you can listen to our one of our old episodes just to make sure. <laughs> if, if you hear if you hear our old episodes and you notice something that Taylor missed, just uh, check that thing out. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. Don't tell me about it. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> just go. Just go look at whatever it is. Don't be an asshole about it. Just don't be like, oh, here's the thing you forgot. I'll be like, okay, cool. Go look at it. I don't care. You know who's going to do that? Max? I was going to say Kevin, but or either of them. Yeah, Kevin will. Kevin will. Dicks. <laughs> All right, guys. He'll be like, I know what it was. Like, I don't care. <laughs> That's what, He won't even tell me. He'll be like, I know what it was. I'll be like, I don't care. I know what it is, too. You're an asshole. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. I was going to say, go to graveplotfilmfest.com, and also Kevin is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So we'll be back. They Reach. That's what it was. Ah. Check out theyreach.com. Um, you know, buy a DVD or a Blu-ray or uh, rent it on VOD and check us out in, uh, in a movie. And they probably wouldn't have gotten that from an old episode. That's true. They wouldn't <laughs> have. It's a good thing you remembered. But Kevin is still an asshole. <laughs> Right, that that truth still holds true. That no, that's redundant. That's redundant. <clears throat> You're redundant. Nailed it. Got him. Okay, guys. So we'll catch up with you next time. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Hey there, little red riding hood. You sure are looking good. You're everything. Big bad wolf could want Listen to me Little Red Riding Hood I don't think little big girl should Go walking in these spooky old woods alone Oh
I'm gonna keep my sheet suit on Till I'm sure that you've been shown That I can be trusted Walking with you alone You might think I'm a big bad 